Welcome to the OCD. My, yeah, 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 I get it. Welcome to the OCD bitch. We get it. We get it. We get it every episode. We, I, we understand. Mike, do you remember the first year that you stopped thinking like, like your your first birthday, where instead of thinking like I'm still young and dumb and full of less cum than I had 30 seconds ago, and you started thinking like, oh my god, I think I'm old. Probably my 19th birthday. 19. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was covered in Spider-Man. Everything. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man placemats. 19th Spider-Man, birthday. Uh-huh. Uh, cake. Was this thrown by you or your mom? Pinata. My mom. We, no, 18th birthday. Uh, I was entering adulthood, so I'd have one last hurrah of a childhood's birthday. So it was pin the spider on the Spider-Man chest. Man, your uh, mom's the best. Spider-Man 2 came out that day. Uh-huh. So... 30 of us went and saw afterwards, and I wore his decapitated head from the pinata around my neck. And props to Sam Raimi saying, no, this movie's been ready for four months, but I will wait till Mike's birthday. Thank God I wrote him a letter. I don't care what they say about the Evil Dead one, Sam. I'm into it. Crime Wave could have been better. So 19th birthday, 18th birthday, you're like, oh, my life is downhill for me. Yeah, I was in ripped Dickies, uh, suit, shirt, and tie, and went, someday I'm going to have to dress like this at work. Can I tell you something about just... Like Please tonight, like this episode. Is this the minute you're feeling old? I mean, I remember that birthday for me. It was older than 18. <laughs> it was 19. It was much older. But so much older. You're an old 19. I'm going to give you some sneak peeks on how I'm going to uh, handle myself on this episode mm-hmm. of the OCD about this episode of the OC. I think that this is one of the greatest, if not the greatest episodes of the OC of all time. It's quintessential. Quintessential OC. But what sunk in is that like we're 25 in. And now I'm seeing the end of our run. Like, we don't have that many episodes a left. great OC. Yeah, and like, this is, what What if this is it? And pretty soon we're going to be like on a couch doing the OCD about bad episodes that nobody gives a shit about. And we don't even give, we're phoning it in. Our run is done. Like, we have hit our peak. Our I, segments are like, Zach's hair, was it pretty? Sure. There's 93 total episodes, and we're going to stretch it out by doing as many OC mixtapes. seasons. Yeah. In four seasons. Like, we're going to hit season four. There was only 16 episodes. Season one, fortunately, does have 42 episodes. episodes. But I think that this episode of the OCD is important to me because I think now I'm, I I don't think I'm young, dumb, and full of cum anymore. Can I ask you a question? Is can you remember time something was so good? You did not let me respond to the question of can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Yes. Can I borrow a feeling? Sure. Thank you. I'll take envy. Envy, good uh, one. Can you remember some a time something was so good you were mad because you knew you could only look go downhill from there? Absolutely. Uh, before this episode of the OC, because this w- this is the pinnacle of that feeling. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, I remember like uh, there's like high school girlfriends uh-huh. where I knew that like all girlfriends and wives in the oh, future buddy. would be terrible. Um, I remember movies were like Fast Five, mm-hmm. so much better than the first four Fasts. Uh huh. But so much better than all fast to come. Like fast five. Like I just knew that. Like this is the greatest experience that I will ever have. Because once they hit that pinnacle, they could only try to best it, and trying to best it will inherently bring it down. Mm -hmm. For sure. Try to best it. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with this? The first time I had an apple pie. Mm -hmm. Not a veganism. And that's best food. You're talking about the first time you ate an entire apple pie. Yes. Because let's be honest. Uh, young Mike was a fat Mike. Uh-huh. And uh, everybody who, like your relatives who would do the Thanksgiving dinner, made sure to have an extra entire apple pie. Oh, they learned. Because Mike is chubbed up. Want, you go to one family dinner and eat 100 shrimps, and people start bringing extra food for you. And you have that like uh, motor elbow where it's just 
uh, shrimp tartar mouth, shrimp tartar mouth. Yeah, and, and just, I've learned just, how go, to go, go, shuck go. shrimp shells with my teeth. Yeah, and you're also the best kind of Thanksgiving guest because you don't care that that little brown line goes down the shrimp, and you know that's poop, right? Like that's their colon full of poop. Ryan, I'm the kind of guy who thinks thinking about death on a roller coaster makes life better. Mm-hmm. So pooping a shrimp makes life better. It is only in darkness that we can see the stars. Plus, man, when you're eating that much shrimp. You're thinking, oh, you think that's a lot of poop shrimp. Just wait. <laughs> wait until you become my poop shrimp. And then a giant eats me, and he goes, no, this is too much poop shrimp. Does then a giant eat that giant, or is that too far? Like, the story no. ends with a giant. Giants all the way up, turtles all the way down. The world is a weird place. But yeah, when things are so good, it does suck. I didn't, but I didn't think it would be this episode, though. Like, I didn't you think that we had longer. Anna leaving? Oh. Anna? Who cares? I care, and you know. Um, but like it's not like I care. it's not Sandy, it's not Kirsten, it's not Seth, it's not Ryan, it's not Marissa, but it's not Summer, it's not Luke, it's not Julie, it's not Caleb, it's not uh Oliver. It's not that caterer. It's not that one quarterback from Friday Night Lights. It's not uh Lucy McGillicuddy from I Love Lucy. <laughs> it's not uh that one guy from The Wire who's always like, What did I do? It's Anna, who cares? That's bubbles, right? That's bubbles. the guy from the wire. Uh it, but what this rewatch of the OC is teaching us is eras last longer than we think. Because mm. we thought Oliver was two episodes and it was half this season. Mm. I thought Anna was the first four episodes and then out and she's still around. It's She's very important and I'm mad that the OC fandom does not hold her higher up. And it was crazy too because uh, like when she said that she was moving to the city that she's going back to, Pittsburgh. it made me... Uh, Capital of Philadelphia. Jizz because of how corny it was. Uh-huh. Is that Philadelphia cream cheese? That is Philadelphia cream cheese. Yeah. You know it. I know it. There's something in their water that makes their jizz cream cheese a little better than anywhere else's. It's the shrimpies. The little shrimpies with little poops in them. They didn't get bagels. No. How far away is Philly from New York? Two hours. And they can't get bagels, but no. they got all the good cream cheese? That's There's a lot of haggling. Who's going to go on that Oregon Trail from New York to Philly? Who wants to die from dysentery? And then who's thinking in with that lock saying, like, oh, I can get this from both parties? That's Jersey. That's Jersey. Jersey's got the Just, locks. That's what they say about Camden, New Jersey. Best locks in the area. And Jersey's got those, like, little water spots where the Locks Nest monster comes up and gives them all the... Yeah. Ti- what is locks? Tiny fish? It's tiny fish. Is that true? Tiny fish that live Stop in tiny Stop fucking bubbles. around with me. This is serious. What is locks? I have no idea. It's cold smoked salmon. Cold smoked salmon. Which is also my favorite color of a shirt. And that's something that people put on bagels. Yeah, dude. Like, this bagel's a little weak for me. Could somebody put cold, tiny fish on this? Oh, you get an everything bagel? You toast it so it's a little black? I like garlics and herb cream cheese. Uh Uh-huh. The kind that's mashed in. You spread that thin. Normal cream cheese, a little vanilla for you. I don't like vanilla cream cheese. Not when I'm eating an everything bagel. That's insane. Garlic and herb cream cheese. Locks, tomato, lettuce, onion, capers. (laughs) Steak, turducken. Uh, but, like, have you honestly ever, like, is this a breakfast food? You put oh, tiny yeah. cold fish on your fuck breakfast yeah. food. Yeah, you're, su- you're such a goy. <laughs> I'm a goy, too, but you're such a goy that this doesn't sound amazing to you. It's so good, dude. It's just fish, though. Yeah, but good-ass cold fish. You know how fish, you're like, this would <laughs> this be better cold. <laughs> cooked well. Why is this not cold? It's I love gazpacho. Uh-huh. I want anything you like warm, I like cold. Well, you're a punk rock eater. I'm a punk rock yeah. eater. I go to the Newfound Glory Diner. I get it all. You're like, what is that? Cooked fish? Give it to me raw. What is that? Sushi? Cook it up, baby. Cook that sushi for me. But give me all that other fish cold. I'm Mike. You're Ryan. We're talking about the OC. You want to know what's happening tonight? 
Spoiler, just, Anna's leaving. I just want you to be sensitive and patient with the emotions tonight because I really do think that the OCD is all downhill from here. Not the OCD. It's still going to be the best show of all time. But the OCD is all downhill from here, and I think this is like a milestone episode. Well, in honor of that, I'm giving out an award. Riviera Magazine has awarded one of us Podcast Man of the Year. Uh-huh. And it's you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a stupid thing for publicity. I don't even care. Caleb is named Newport's Man of the Year, and Kirsten finds out about all his shady dealings with Uncle Sean, but still has to throw him a gala because TV. Meanwhile, Eddie finds out Therese and Ryan are dating, and Anna is leaving for Pittsburgh. All that and more, coming up. Ryan, we're going to jump in right into the nitty and the gritty of tonight's episode. Like it's a goddamn DC movie. One of five love triangles. No! Did you count? We're talking about Ryan, Teresa, and Marissa first. Just getting them out of the way up top. Can I say something about this real quick? I would love it. Now, I would say, you know that the OC is not just, in my opinion, the best show of all time, but in everyone's Statistically. opinion. Yeah, the best show of all time. But over the last, like, I would say five episodes, there's been a slowdown in like, the particular sort of OC shit that I love. Uh-huh. And then in like this no episode, guns? Yeah, there's no guns. Why does everybody... No glory. I think everybody should just be made of guns and then throw guns. No bullets, That's, just throw guns. You love that blonde curly-haired chick that just shoves guns right in her pink jeans. Oh, man. You're Isn't into she the that. best? She's, she's going to replace Trump as our president, right? Yeah, and she's going to go, you hate that girl? I am that girl. That's her stump speech. She's going to stump Trump. I think that there's been a little bit of slowdown in all the stuff that I love, and then this episode starts. And the first six to seven minutes which take place, first of all, in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Starting in the pool house. That's how breakfast starts. And then we move to the pool house where Seth is all about his life because he's Seth, and then also about Ryan and Teresa's life because he's trying to pretend that like, he cares about other people. I cannot believe how much the first five minutes motored uh-huh. and was clever and the dialogue was back and forth. And in the middle of these conversations, the opening credits is still going, and it says, written by Josh Schwartz. Oh, so and, maybe Big Daddy Showrunner had to take a few episodes off, and he came in and went, this is how it's done, kids. Either he took a break, because like showrunning, that's hard, right? right? Uh, and said, okay, I'm back, I'm ready. Or he was like, oh, last five episodes, guys, been a little not Schwartzy, and then came in. But the first five minutes of this mm-hmm. episode, I think, could sell anybody on the OC. Well, it's so... It opens in the pool house, and it's Seth and Ryan talk about the kiss. Ryan's letting Seth. He's opening up. He's getting better at that. And Seth is like, what kind of kiss was it? He's, he's doing it, Seth. But it's not annoying. It is a fun back and forth. And Seth uh, does a weird fun freak out. That they, this is not just selfish asshole. Remember how Seth could be fun? Mm-hmm. And it's all the – they are good questions. Is she moving here? Where is she going to live? Where is she going to work? The one that made me guffaw, and OC is never like, slap your knee funny, is – You'll cackle. You'll cackle. You'll yeah. snicker. You'll snicker, from, but guffaw? You'll chuckle behind a newspaper, but guffaw was uh, your long lease or month to month. Uh, just like, that is a silly question for a 16-year-old to ask another 16-year-old about another 16-year-old. And I think that the OC is at its best when Seth and Ryan are gelling or Sandy and Kirsten are gelling. Mm-hmm. Or the drama happens. Or the drama happens. Let's get some motherfucking drama in there. And then the boys move inside, and Sandy asks the same exact question Seth asked. And Seth comments on it, not in like in a Deadpool annoying way. He just goes, you see where I get it from? I can't help. Like, it all fucking worked. And in the meantime, they have to get to school. They have to get to school. These two kids, who have very rich parents, uh, do not have a car. And Teresa comes over and says, hey, I'll, I'll drive you guys to school. 
Marissa comes over. I'll drive you guys to school. Then we have all of the awkward conversation, oh. all of the drama set up for the rest of the episode, and then both the girls leave. That's so funny. Everybody feels awkward, so they get no rides. Oh, God damn the OC. The, what, one of my favorite, this is a great Marissa episode, and I do think we've talked about how the show leaves her in a lurch a lot. Mm. She's just pretty girl who shit happens to. Also, that like that body and those arms, like she just she's built like lurch. She, like, she, she just, just hangs over. in. You rang. Every time her phone rings, she's like, you rang. Um, but she Good Adams Family references, <laughs> by the way. But like old school. <laughs> da 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 da. Uh Teresa says, I oh no, I guess it, and Teresa's dope. Teresa's a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chino, I think, turns out we uh, no matter what you've heard, Chino turns out good people. Uh-huh. Uh because before this episode, I love Daddy. Uh Teresa says, it makes more sense if you you take them. And Marissa, who normally tries to avoid conflict, says, why? Because we go to the same school and I live right next to him? So much locked and loaded in that sentence. Uh-huh. And not trying to hide it anymore. And we get to see Marissa go, oh, fuck. I just said all that. But then she doesn't say, I'm so sorry. No. She, is she like, hopefully she Teresa saw nuts? that. But like, I don't think Teresa saw that. She And I don't know if she wanted Teresa to see that, you know? Yeah, it, Teresa's she was from sh- Chino. She's intimidating. Yeah, Teresa looks stereotypically, uh, as Seth would say, she's caliente. She would take her hoop earrings off and claw your eyes out. Uh, so Marissa, I think, is scared of what Teresa could do, scared of herself for being that vulnerable and open. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, as far as Seth knew, what Seth expected to happen was that, like, uh, Teresa would throw pinatas and hot tamales at her. Seth's racist. Seth is a racist. Uh, and then we got, and this is where last episode, the your friends thing bugged me a little. Kirsten did a callback, and the girls like storm out separately but together. And then the boys come in through the kitchen. Kirsten's like, oh, Ryan, a couple of your friends stopped by. Kirsten's funny, too. I uh, Every single morning, my alarm goes off. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go downstairs. I don't want to start my day. I complain. But if I was Sandy, if I was anybody in this Cohen household, my alarm would go off. I would... Run down the stairs as fast as possible, get to the breakfast nook, and just watch the fireworks happen. Just watch the fireworks, uh, cut away through your note cards, what were your best quips you came up with the night before. Yeah, I don't even care if like no drama happens. I'm going to be there with my quips. The breakfast time in the Cohen house is the right. best time of the year. Here's the joke I make if the boys talk about love life. Here's if Sandy talks about surfing. Here's- Kirsten, who was great, and like we thought that Seth used to be good, but then we grew up, and now when we started the show, we thought that Sandy was great, but now we know it's Kirsten. Still, Kirsten's not quick enough to not have that like white pages book. Like, uh-huh. hold on, hold on, stop that quip. I got something for you. And then the kids get to school because they go, "How do we get to school?" And then Seth, I think, waits for a minute and is like, "How did I used to get to school, Mom? We need a ride. It's not that fucking hard, man. Uh-huh. It's not that fucking hard." Uh, and she takes them. Uh, Luke plays guitar at school now. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guy Luke is, mm-hmm. which is turned from one douchebag into another douchebag. And we didn't see, we just saw from like the knees up, but I bet based on the guitar, he's either rocking sockless Birkenstocks or sockful like Nike shower slippers. Like he's now oh. that kind of guy. Yeah. I hate both of those. That second one belongs more with Luke and I hate it less. That fits more the golden retriever lifestyle. He's not full granola eating. He's not granola, but he's still like, that's like jock hippie. Yeah. Is uh, socks and Nike sandals. A too oft not talked about subgenre of people. Jock hippie. This is a guy who played water polo in high school, plays ultimate in college, but will fucking tackle another hippie. Mm -hmm. Ultimate is a no touch sport, I think. But this guy does not believe that. He takes it down a little too hard. Ultimate is no touch, but if it's truly ultimate, then you should be allowed to touch. Oh, and then he just to touch. knocks people out. Knocks people out. 
Uh, we get a little dash of Luke wisdom. This is one of my favorite Luke lines of forever because it, I don't think, betrays the character because uh, he is a good dude now. He's learned as a 17-year-old. Marissa opens up to him. She's all about let's be vulnerable. And he's learned in that way where like he can listen but also fuck his ex-girlfriend's sure. mom. Yeah. The way we all want to learn. Sure. Uh, Marissa says, when you and I broke up, and he looks sad. I forget that he's allowed to be sad and used to love her. Uh, when you and I broke up and I started dating Ryan, was it hard seeing us together? Yep. And he goes, yeah. And then he, But he owns it. He says, well, we wouldn't have broken up if I didn't deserve it. And then they, they go back and forth a little, and he goes, the sooner you realize, no matter what happens, it will never go back to the way it was, the better you will be. Oh, my God. I am twice these kids' age. No matter how old you are, no matter what situation you are currently in, everybody needs to hear that once a week. Yes. The other, thing, the other way that the show is like bringing Luke back to the core, continuing to uh, redeem him, is that when Ryan or Sandy, the two characters who are exactly the same, offer their wisdom, mm-hmm. whether it's aged and old or young and stupid, uh, it stays on their face. Uh-huh. But every time Luke says something, uh, Luke will look off into the distance and the camera will make sure to cut because the audience or Luke needs help backing that up. So we always uh-huh. follow Luke's brain. We trust Ryan and Sandy, but we need to see what Luke is looking at. It seems like Ryan and Sandy have these, just like uh, the Coens all have their joke books for the morning. Ryan and Sandy know this advice they need to give to somebody. Like, well, I came up with this advice. Somebody's going to get it today. Luke is always realize it. He says a thing and goes, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's so 16. That's so any introspective age. But like, Luke is a dude on a mission, not old for everything, but is trying to better himself. But I don't know if the screenplay says... Luke says, duh, he drools, he falls out of his chair, then he sees something, Uh and then he realizes something. Or if the directors just know that Luke needs to look at something. But the fact that we can always see his realization, I think, is really important. Super important. I like this dude now, the dude who plays Luke. Are we just past the time where his ilk is on TV? Where did he go? I don't know. I mean, it is crazy. And then the other thing, too, is that – and I I, I don't think it's about – morals i think it's about how the show tells us to react to people uh-huh. because when he cheated on marissa he was the single like we hate we were he gonna was drive the to his house of the show yes but now that he is hooking up with marissa's mom uh-huh. but the show is just doing him in a different way we're okay with it well what he's doing is way more fucked up than hooking up with heather sure but i also he had the power with heather and he does not with i will put all the blame or 90 10 90-10 blame on Julie, because she's an adult. It's so still fucked up. He's victimized, and that makes you him more endearing? I think it's still a little more puppy dog. You're not in control of what's happening. Somebody else should have said, fuck that, you're insane. I think the show is shooting him differently, and yeah, that and, is and manipulating yeah. Well, yeah, there's not like ominous... Dun, dun, dun. Like, when he put his hand on he- Holly Heather's back in the pilot... It like zoomed in and was like, wah, 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 like, and Shaggy came out and he was like, "Have you seen this shit?" <laughs> it wasn't him. Uh, and then the that creepy song that was playing in Mexico while they were making out, like, yeah, I think musically things have changed and angles, smart shit. We got to take a break. Hold on, before you do that though, and I hate to do this because we're talking about the second season, but what Luke did to Marissa in Mexico mm-hmm. was bad, but easily gotten over. When Marissa finds out about this shit, yeah. it's ten times worse, and For of course sure. it is. Of course. Yeah, it, it is much, much worse. Mike, shut, we have to take a break. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Ryan, 
We are not done with that love triangle, not by a long shot. We got to continue to dig into Ryan, Mercer, and Teresa. And what do we have? Seven more after this? Seven more love triangles. Is this what if we did an entire episode about these three characters and we had to revisit Newport of the Year? I think Newport Beach probably was Newport of the Year. Fuck sure, Newport, yeah. Rhode Island. Or uh, the menthol cigarettes. Not this. Not 2004. Yeah. 1976, the cigarettes all day. But Newport of the Year, Newport Beach. Um, can we do an entire episode on three characters? I think that we should try. As the fans go, please don't fucking do this to us. Eddie shows up on campus. Mm-hmm. And and he immediately does his patented Eddie move. Like, look, when you're born in Chino, like, you're born tough, but they need to make you tougher. And one of the patented moves that they give you is you run into a high school in a city that you don't live in, and you run into a guy you want to beat up, and you slam his book shut as hard as you can. As hard as you can. He slammed that book. Did you see that? Do you feel, because I do think we talked about it last week how they handled Eddie very well. He's not a Chino thug. He was just like, think about it, man. You got a long ride home. He was like. He got fucked by Teresa not hanging up the phone. Right. And then just talked to Ryan and said, hey, you love her, but I love her too, and I'm going to fight for her. So you don't think this is a betrayal of the character they've built? This it 100% is. Oh, it is. That last episode, he was a three-dimensional person. Now he's just a Chino thug. He reminds me more of that Long Beach guy who worked at the uh-huh, Crab Shack. Johnny? Yeah, than the guy I saw last episode. You don't think it's he heard them making out over the phone? No, because the, door, the hotel nuts? door was shut. Oh, and that stops the phone service? I think that he thought... Maybe he was like, I'm older now. Mm-hmm. I have a good job. I'm making money. So I'm going to try this. Ryan, just so you know, I right. love her. And then that didn't work. So maybe he just went full Chino after that. And before he Chinos out at school. Uh, <laughs> Which is what Bruce Banner does from time to time. Teresa, Ryan goes to tell Teresa she has to go home. And pussies out, which is a rare Ryan out would move. Because in a rare Ryan out would like sheepish grin. Uh, she says she told Eddie she's not going home. So I think... Hearing them make out and possibly bone, and her calling and saying, I'm not coming home to you, I'm here with Ryan. I think that did push him over the edge. I wish we could have gotten a moment of sensitive Eddie in this episode, but I do think it is reasonable-ish that some of his actions would go the way they would. You want more Eddie Vedder and less Eddie Vader. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're so good at the slogans. Also, I want that shirt where it's Eddie Vedder. But the shadow is Eddie Vader. Oh, look at him. The saga begins. Have we talked about this? That poster? I'm going to guess I doubt it. That poster is the best thing of that trilogy. Oh, for sure. I mean, it goes Jar Jar Binks and then that. I would still put that poster on the wall. That poster gave me chills as a kid. It's so good. He's just a little boy. But it's Vader. But it's Vader. Shit. He's just a youngling. Is that what they call him? Yeah. And then we'll one day grow up and kill Younglings. Well, younglings are annoying. They're just whining. Give me my lightsaber. Can I get to my Sandy wisdom real quick? Yeah. Because Teresa. I wonder if it's the same one. Teresa and Ryan and Eddie in this episode, maybe not last episode, maybe not next episode, are fucking morons, all of them. They're yeah. all stupid idiots. Yeah, they're all making poor teenage decisions. And Sandy doesn't go full Browdicus Finch in this episode, but he does bring up a very interesting point that I was wondering when is somebody going to bring this up? Everyone's like, what is Teresa going to do? Seth is mentioning lease, month to month, blah, blah. And Sandy says, go back to high school. She could do that. Where is that option? Just go back to your normal lives, idiots. And yeah, he for a minute he goes, what if we're not in a soap opera? And I do think he tries to differentiate because Ryan's like, we come from the same place. This makes sense. He tries to tell Ryan, he's like, she has a family to go home to. And the, the, 
more specific, there's you're, we have the same one. There's just a quote I loved because Sandy wasn't a dick about it. He's just like, you're both in high school. You're in high school. She should be. You're both in way over your head, which nobody is telling them. He's like, it's sweet. It's totally misguided. It's very charming. Right. You lived in Chino and your parents bailed. And now you're here in Newport. And that's cool. I don't even know if it's better, but it's cool. Uh, her parents didn't bail. They're still no. there. And she, they're darling. We've met them. She, yeah, they're awesome. They have pictures of Ryan and Teresa's kids on the fridge. That's, that's a how good parents family. do. Yes. Go back to Chino, a totally fine city, and graduate high school, yo. And then move. And it's because Teresa's bullshit, she is 17, uh, is you forgot where you came from. That's not how Chino is. But I feel like her parents set up a different system. Is Chino, like, if you're from Chino, does that mean, like, oh, you're, you forgot where you were? Because when you were from Chino, you would just make the most idiotic decision that you could possibly guess, make. But it's not, and this is going to sound really degrading, but it's not, like, Kansas. It's not there's literally no way out. Or that the felt rust, very degrading to Kansas. Or the Rust Belt. It's not, like, we don't have money to move a town over. Chino is very close to a lot of things. Like L.A., you can jump around. Chino has high schools and colleges. Yes. Chino is a city. And Teresa is smart and a hard worker. But, Mike, you and I were born and raised in the hard streets of Burbank. It was not hard. We had very rich parents who bought us this pop uh, filter studio. But we, we have been to Chino. Like, Chino is just, like, are we talking about the Chino that we know because we live in real life or what the OC makes us think what about What they've Chino? made it. Because they make it seem like uh, the worst streets of East L.A. Right. Except for when they don't want to because Teresa's mom does not make sense for the life Teresa talks about. Because they're normal people, so there are options here. Based on what we know about Chino, Teresa's mom should be in a recliner that is totally broken, and there's probably, like, slits, and the fluff is coming out right. of the slits, and she's got, what, like, eight, nine heroin needles coming out of each arm? And burning cigarettes on other little kids who are never told who these kids belong to? And also just lighting Roman candles into her children's faces. Okay, that's funny. That's just a good prank. Hurting kids is funny. Uh, so that's all going on. And Mar- so Marissa's saga in all of this is really trying hard to be a friend. I still think it's misguided. It's not misguided. It's just childish because they're teenagers. But it's, if I show him what a good friend I am, he will want to date me again. Do you think that? Because what you, the advice that you would give Marissa, if you had a Sandy moment, if you could talk to Marissa for a second, you'd be like, hey, Bubala, move the fuck on. I, I do think exes can be friends. I'm a big believer in that. I don't think they have to be. I think that's insane. And... But when Marissa says, I'm going to help Teresa, I want to be friends with everyone, mm-hmm. I'm going to give her a dress, I'm going to get her to the uh, Newport of the Year, Newport Man of the Year Gala, do you buy that it's genuine or this is all just a ploy to get Ryan back? I think last episode it was a ploy. I do think she's trying to push through the ploy and meaning it. What I love is such a real, awesome, gross, fun moment was her offering friendship to Ryan and Ryan saying, why the hell would you want that? <laughs> Uh, that hurt. That was so good. But I feel like that was a Ryan blurt. That was a Ryan's a caveman idiot blurt. Like, don't, like, be cooler than that. But in real life, if these were kids I knew, she has a car, be friends with her. Uh, it's, you need three to six months of not being around your ex at all. Three months, high school, three to six months, because nothing really means anything. And you're going to fall in love again. But you need time away from each other to get that person out of your system. You can't jump into being friends right away. Mm-hmm. I think she's being very sweet. But that was the funniest Ryan line, and it hurt. And Marissa had to like had a come to God moment, come to Jesus moment, like in the towards the beginning of the series, uh-huh. where she realized sort of like what she looked like. Right. In fact, she shouts it out in this episode, like I get what I want, and I I always I I want what I get, and I always get that, and I know that sounds terrible. 
Uh, but now she's realizing like what she sort of looks like, and mm-hmm. she's nervous about being a uh, your Noops. Paris's, your Nicole Richie, right? And she wants to be different than that. Is it genuine? I sort of think so. And I do think this is the kind of fake it till you make it, where if it starts out a ploy, absolutely, she, yeah. be, her look when Teresa opens the door, and who's it going to be? And it's Marissa. I think she's Ryan's not around. She wants to help this girl, and Teresa gives a heartbreaking line of, "Oh, I left all my nice clothes at home." We're like, girl. You're from Chino. You don't got no nice clothes. The nicest clothes that Teresa has, because she's from Chino, is like the dice hanging on her uh, rear view window. Mm-hmm. What are you going to wear that dice to a gala? It's Newport Man of the Year. Wear your catering gig? What are you? But oh, then, oh, you're a caterer? And that's a different, like a, le- uh, a more subtle, Ryan, you're not Jenny from the block no more, is her being like, are you ashamed of me? Because I catered there last year, or last week, and now I'm here. And that was an amazing Teresa moment, because he was like, do you want to go? And she was like, I don't. I absolutely don't. I just wish that you were not embarrassed. Right. And that, like that, that like, just a real talk. Tell me if you want me to be there. And then uh, there's so many. Teresa rules. Teresa's. She does. Yeah. Straight up. I remember nosed. three or four watches through the OC where I was like, Teresa, you ruined Ryan and Marissa right. and I hate you. But this time, no, she's awesome. Uh, and she tells, she's like, I'm not one of these Newport chicks who need a trust fund to survive. I'm here to be with you. Mm-hmm. Damn. Like, and Ryan has forgotten. And maybe nobody is like this. Everybody is always playing games to fuck with somebody or to protect themselves. Teresa's just like, here's my heart. You can try to stomp it. It'll hurt, but I can get over it. Uh, just to be put everything on the table. So baller. And we've talked about before, not just that Ryan looks like Russell Crowe. And the show has mentioned that. But he acts specifically like Russell Crowe from LA Confidential. Always the hero for women specifically. And Teresa's like, no, man. It's the other parts of you that I like. Stop. Right. Do-. And I don't think he can. Like, no. he really cannot stop doing that. It's ingrained in him. And that's the core of him, no matter what role he is. This, Southland, Gotham. Like, I think that just is Jim Gordon. Me and him hanging out in, like, five years because we're just the best friends of all time. Just saving girls even when they don't want to be saved. Your name's Ryan. My name's Ryan. That's crazy. So, at the party, a rare Ryan summer talk. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I like that it's obvious this is weird, but it's happened. We just haven't seen them. They were just real with each other. They have no reason to put up a facade. Uh-uh. Like, there's nothing. And also, they have so many common interests. Right. Seth and Marissa and all the adults and everything. And, like, Summer looks at Ryan and just knows he's Ryan. And Ryan looks at Summer and just knows that it's just Summer. And it used to be 20 episodes ago, uh-huh. negative. Yeah. But now it's positive. What's awesome is she's so insider, but she puts up a front to slide her way through and hates that. He's so an outsider and has to slide through it, like, they do, they wrap around and are pretty similar in how they view Newport, I think. And I don't remember Ryan defending Summer, but Summer's had a couple of conversations to Marissa where oh, yeah. uh, she's like, you know, Ryan is awesome or right or the best. Like, they, I think they get each other more than a lot of people on the show. And this is one of the best Summer lines, because uh, Summer has a mini Sandy wisdom every few episodes. Uh, she says, I get why you're doing what you're doing. But she does really love you. We all have her shit. I guess she says things. Uh, she's like, it was messed up what she did to you. But she, she's like, she dated Luke for years, so you can't always trust her instincts. But she has a good heart. Her summation of her best friend not trying to defend her, being like, here's how Marissa is fucked up. Here's how she's really good. That's so mature and awesome. And not what Summer has let us, the show has let us believe Summer could do. So you guys could take your little emotional pass that you've all decided and sprint down them. Or, for one second, think about it actually. Uh, I was watching this episode with my wife, uh, who was a summer hater when we first started watching the show. 
because she said things like Chino U or Pittsburgh uh-huh. U or whatever. And she said, uh, Summer is the middleweight champion of this show. Mm-hmm. She is not Kirsten. She is not Sandy. But she is a fucking champion. And she just hides it. She hides it all the time, which is why I think if you're a shy person or always in a facade, and that's unhealthy and sad for some reasons, but I do think it means you are very observant and introspective because to play the Newport game the way Summer does, you have to know how everybody works and the rules. What was her line at the beginning of the episode? She says something very vapid and Newporty, and oh. then Seth and Summer or Seth and Anna both look at her like, but they're not surprised. She goes, "I'm not." Oh, and then she says something smart. She goes, I'm not dumb. I'm just shallow. Right. So she's also self-aware and funny now. But yeah, she'll say a dumb thing, and then everybody will be like, well, that's our summer. And then she'll look at them and say, like, no, I'm actually summer, though. And growing up in in Huntington, which is Newport Light in every single way, uh, I more than anybody else on the show, I know I grew up with summers of people. You get to know them better, and you're like, oh, shit. There's so much depth going on here, and you hide it because you think that's what you need to do. Oh, I never spent a single day of my life in high school talking to a Marissa. Not a single second. I don't think they're real. But I would get grouped in, like, there would be group projects or lab partners or whatever with Summers. Right. And we would get that glimpse of, this could be fun if we were on the same level. And I see how you act like that then. Right. And act like this now. Uh, So we're at the party. Eddie shows up again because now he's just a plot device. Well, I mean, uh, just to set it up a little bit, this party is at full drama. It is full at ten. Like, drama. there's a ba- there should be a bounce. Kirsten should have ha- like hired a bouncer at the door to say, "Oh, Eddie, drama's at 10. And Eddie sneaks by, and now he's in the party. Sneaks by at the party. Seth is shit faced on three champagnes, so he cannot help. Everybody knows that he doesn't. And belong, how would he help? Because that facial hair. Mm-hmm. Uh. That's not Newport facial hair. He looks like a hornless devil. He does look like a hornless devil. Uh, and they brawl, and it's the kind of thing where Ryan starts to try to talk to him, Eddie hits him once, and then Ryan goes, oh, I will murder you, because he throws him into a table. It's so good. Mike, you say, like, he throws him into a table as if that was the only table. This is my biggest problem with this episode, quite possibly my favorite of all time, except for the mall episode, which we'll get to in a couple months or so. Uh they throw each other into four tables, <laughs> and my question, and then the fifth is a, a butler. Uh, he's just walking by with stuff, like a table. He, he's holding stuff like a table would, and then they throw each other into that. Should it have been less? No. Just one table, Probably or more. should it have been more? Like, could we have done 13, 14 tables yeah. that they throw each well, other into? Well, if you see the director's cut, <laughs> it's just dominoes of tables. I want to see that. Because is the OC above or beyond that? Like, would they do 14 tables? I think so. And they're like, we can't just be a comedy, right? They do four. At first. They're, they're at comedy. Baskets of chickens, a glass thing, a gun rack. It's just all over the place. Oh my and then God. Ryan ends up in the pool. They Th- specifically keep turning each other towards furniture. It's, it's so Chino. It makes sense. It's, you throw somebody in the ground, they maybe get their wind knocked out of them. They will bounce back up. You throw somebody... Into a table, they could break a rib. But here's the thing. They might get the wind knocked out of them if they get thrown to the ground, but the party's not going to stop. Like, the, the record is not going to scratch. Throw them into a table, party stops, another table, another table, another Are table. Are they both in over their head, know that, and go, if we cause more of a ruckus, somebody will stop us. I don't know how to stop this, so I need somebody to come in and stop us. And then they both put on a yellow hat and a zoot suit and said, somebody, somebody stop, stop us. us. And then they sing a dance together. And my favorite part about a dude fight like this is that they're both saying, you need to stop as they both continue it. No, I'm stopping this. No, I'm stopping this. So that ends. 
uh, Teresa runs out of town. I don't remember. Does she say something to him? Like, I'm going to leave? Or does she? She says, I love Balboa bars and then floats into the sky. Who doesn't? But if you, I, we talked about nice Eddie and like uh-huh. how we liked Eddie, but he fucks up. I don't care about punching Ryan. Everyone punches Ryan. Yeah. It's just a rite of passage in the OC. He grabs Teresa's arm. Yeah. That's the thing. That. Like Teresa goes to walk away and then Eddie should say, hopefully I can talk to you tomorrow. But he right. grabs her arm. Don't touch her at all. But he does it in a specific way. We're like, you're going to be bruised tomorrow. Yeah. I, the, the harshest you're allowed to get is you owe me a coffee. And yeah. she does. Teresa owes him a coffee and an explanation. But you can't grab somebody like that. And so now he's full dirtbag. He has earned his facial hair. And you don't want to earn that facial hair. You want that to be a mistake you went through for a few weeks. As the audience, we all understand why Ryan did what he did, right? We're still mm-hmm. on Ryan's side. And as Sandy and Kirsten, we all are hoping yeah. that Ryan did the right thing. But as the other people in Newport, are you tired? Cotillion, they just think gala it's after kid. gala. Instead of realizing that he's a mirror showing how fucked up Newport is, they think he is the cause of the mm-hmm. drama. He's trying to ruin Newport. He's ruining Newport with his shenanigans from Chino. Uh, Ryan knows Chino. Uh, Teresa is back to Chino because he's called Teresa Chino. Yeah, she. Uh, everybody's Chino. Uh, Chino knows Chino's gone back to Chino because he shows up at the Mermaid Hotel and the rare late night maid vacuum. <laughs> That's a next day thing. There's no vacuum. You know that maid was in the lobby saying Teresa just checked out. Ryan's about to show up. I'm gonna run upstairs and vacuum. Oh, this will break this kid's heart. And maybe it doesn't work in like a wider sense, but in a vacuum, it does. Let's take a break, ponder that, and when we come back, let's do a lighter fare and talk about Julie and Luke. Ryan, I have some news. What's that? Good or bad, depending on who you are. Uh, Producer Dave uh, kind of screamed at me on the break, Mm -hmm. which is rude, I think. Not great in the workplace. But he's saying we have to end. We are out of time. Julie. Luke, Anna left. Summer's dealing with it. Seth is going. Kirsten knows what we have given out. No awards. No awards. So this the the. I'm gonna fucking fight producer Dave. I'm gonna chino him. We said it as a larf, and now reality becomes what the joke was. Uh, We have to do a two episode, and that makes sense. It's one of the best episodes of the OC, quintessential OC. There's too much plot for one. It's the goddamn goodbye girl, and I'm not ready to say goodbye yet. Now, now that I know that we're doing two episodes, now I'm thinking like, did we really cover the characters that we already covered? Should we cover them again in the next episode? Let's really dig into the life of that maid. Can What's we do her a, inner world? Can we do a three-part episode? Can we do a whole new podcast just based on the goodbye girl? The answers are all yes. Yes. And if you disagree, I'm going to go Chino on you. Take an interstitial break, talk about Gone Girl, the book, and then the movie. There's also a movie called The Goodbye Girl, and a play, I think, by Neil Simon. I don't know. The singer? Yeah. Man, in the 70s, you just did everything. Neil Simon? Neil Simon. Who wrote the play Sweet Caroline? Yes. Of course. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that true? No. Fuck. So, next week, we will be digging into all the shit we just said, specifically Neil Simon's play. And, like, not just all the other shit, but, like, all of the important shit. The crazy shit. That episode that we just did is worthless. Worthless? Don't listen to it. Guys, if you're just getting to this point, don't listen to it. Yeah. Erase it from your main vein. <laughs> Fuck. But, Ryan, right now, everybody's favorite, talk about a website. Yourpopfilter.com is the only website on the internet that features me and Mike as much as any website could. That's true. Other websites try. AV Club, Pornhub, MikeAndRyan.com. But Yourpopfilter.com is the ultimate in Mike and Ryan doing stuff. You can find all of our articles all of our podcasts, all of our everything, all of our grocery lists, yeah, all of the uh, 
pictures where we stretch out our balls and our elbows to see which one looks more like balls. That's it's all we, at yourpopfilter.com. That's why we're on Pornhub a little, too. It's that, that big overlap. Uh, Balbo. If you want more of me and Ryan, but also some other people, you should check out all the other podcasts we make. On Mondays, you can check out Movie of the Year, where our friend Greg hates how close we are, so makes us fight for his best friendship, while also trying to find the best movie of any given year. To be honest, OCD makes Moody, uh, it's like uh, cereal is to Moody. Uh-huh. It's not, Moody's not that good, but it's fine. Listen to it. Uh, Tuesdays, at least the first Tuesday of every month, is Taylor Talking Taylor, where our pal Taylor is a narcissist and just talks about Taylors. And every tu- one Tuesday a month, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but like Netflix doesn't know how many episodes to have per show. Taylor knows. Taylor fucking One knows. per month is all the world needs. It's almost too much. Have you listened? It's crazy. Uh, every other Wednesday, at least it used to be, we're on a bit of a hiatus, but you could go back and check out Writer's Block, where I talk to writers about how they become writers. That's the cool thing about podcasts is that you're like, hey, guys, I'm lazy and I hate my listeners, but there's old episodes. Go, go do that. Go back to the old episodes when I was a character and trying to figure out what it was about. It's fun. Oh, listen to the it. first episodes, guys. Uh, yeah, there's like five very embarrassing episodes and the rest are stellar. Thursdays is this show you're listening to. And then Friday, late Friday night, if you're like that midnighter, need a new podcast Friday night, you'll love our flagship show where all the names we just named are on the show together. Uh, It's the Super Friends show. That's that's the version of podcasting where we are just shooting Roman candles at each other. But not figuratively. Like We really do do that. Yeah, Uh, It is the Superhero Hour Hour where we write and review every single TV show based on comic books. How do you get in touch with us? There's a couple ways you can do that, Mike. You can email us, contact at yourpopfilter.com. That would be awesome. If you think that the Goodbye Girl deserves three episodes, like I do, and not just two, which is ridiculous, uh, email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com. The good, the bye, and the girl? Oh, God. You're all right. We're brainstorming right now. We're spitballing. You could also uh, Twitter us. Twitter us. If you follow at yourpopfilter, give us a... Uh, DM. Yeah, slide into those DMs. Which means dowel movement. Yeah. So give us a dowel movement and let us know how we're doing, even if it's bad. We'll read it. And that's taking a wooden smooth piece of wood uh-huh. and jamming it up a butt? Yes, that's I think so. Yes. Well, no, it would be it'd be swallowing it whole and oh, then okay. letting it go out Having of gotcha. the bowels. Uh, and I have one more. Shut up. Oh. Uh, 1562 Dr. DJ Pop. If you do not know how to type, let's say that you have no arms and you have not t- taught your feet how to type yet, then Easy. you can call us. I don't know how you're going to dial. Put us on speed dial. Alexa. Before you lose your arms. Call DJ Pop. Put us on your speed dial and call 1562-DR-DJ-POP and scream at our robot associate about how you think that the Goodbye Girl should deserve four episodes or that you think Riverdale is better than the OC. Taylor, stop calling well, Fuck that you, Taylor. You're clogging all up the voicemails. If you want to support us with more than your ears, you can go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Book that. Shop at Amazon. Hopefully you have the Prime. Get that Halloween costume before Halloween. You know you need it. Go as me or Mike uh, you can, for I'll, Halloween. For sure. You can search. If you dig, if you're a detective, you can find what we look like and definitely buy the clothes we wear on Amazon. If you want to, buy, if you want to be me, order a handsome mask. Or if you want to be Mike, order a stupid, idiot, ugly mask. Wow, you're so clever. Uh, if you want to support us a little more directly, uh, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There are monthly tiers. You get different prizes. We just started launching our mini pods. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And this is not intentional, but if you want more just me and Ryan without the other guys, you're going to love these mini pods. I got to say, man, I like when me and you are on a show. I like the OCD. OCD. But these mini pods, the best thing we've ever They're done. They're insane. They're good. And it's the realest we ever are with each other. It's like you're in Ryan's Suburban with Ryan and I. I've also decided that it's time to come up with different tiers that do not involve garbanzo beans. Oh, shit. Yeah. So we need to move past Stop that. Stop mailing garbanzo beans to everybody. Stop mailing garbanzo beans. Uh, and we're going to say this on the next few shows. We have a new Patreon supporter, Caitlin. Thank you so hey! much, my dude. You're the coolest. This is a different Caitlin that's been on Superhero Hour Hour and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a very common name. She lives in Des Moines. C-A-I-T-L-I-N. She loves golf. I-T-L-I-N. Hashtag golf lover, Caitlin. Uh, YouTube's, we're sort of there? Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash search for pop. Just put pop filter in the search bar, and we'll pop up, and you can watch us. Not just listen, but watch us talk with lovely pictures. So that's the show. You already know what we're doing next week is saying goodbye to the girl. Also, uh, this is a big reveal for you, Mike. But because you were not a fan of the goodbye girl, I'm going to do what you did. And I'm going to remix the scenes of the goodbye girl. And we're going to reveal how my new order of all of those scenes on the Ryan mix of the goodbye girl. And that's in before we get to the rest yep, of the show. Sure. I love it. Yeah. I cannot wait. Stay gay. Lots of, de- lots of death gaps. Babadook, what did you say? 